It's time once again for another thrilling episode of Mark Out Radio. Of Mark Out Radio. For the next hour, sit back, pull the stick out of your ass, and enjoy. Be warned, though, smarks and internet know-it-alls will be offended, annoyed, and generally pissed off at what's about to happen to your ear holes. You've been warned. Now, Mark Out Radio. Kill that neutral music before we get another fucking strike on our account. Producer boy. Alright, welcome back. Marco Radio Goes Nitro, episode 22. This week, January 29, 1996, out of the Canton Civic Center in Canton, Ohio, hosted by Eric Bischoff, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Steve, Mongo McMichael, and his retarded dog. Uh, quickly, a little bit about Clash of the Champions. It was okay. It was not great, but it's not the worst Clash I've ever seen. Couple standout moments, of course, like Heenan blurting fuck live on TBS to Pillman. That was awesome. Ward Warriors uh, promo was fun but short. And the Sherry Colonel Parker wedding fiasco was a clusterfuck of botches. And when Medusa came out, the street fight started. It would have helped if all of the guys weren't laughing at the same time. Uh, the main event was pretty good and sold the next pay per view well. There's no official gate and no such thing as a buy rate with free being on TBS. But, um, yeah, no, overall, it's it got a 4.5 in the ratings. There's a Regal Benoit dark match at the start I would have liked to have seen, and the U.S. title was won by a one-man gang in the post-show dark match, which allegedly, like, three-quarters of the audience missed because they were leaving after the main event. Why wouldn't they? There were 3,100 people in attendance. Probably none of them paid, or so few that there's no stats for it. Uh, overall, it gets a Marco rating of 3.3 3 out of 5. All right? All right, let's get back into Nitro here. The show kicks off with Bischoff quipping that this will be the biggest Nitro ever. Bold statement. Five minutes into the show. Way to go, Eric. But, yeah, all right. Marketing bullshit aside, it's nice and tight. Mongo's recycling the Stupid Dog's costumes at this point, so that's always awesome. Ric Flair with Jimmy Hart defeats Hogan with Deborah Michael, Linda Hogan, and Miss Elizabeth and woman at his side in 13 minutes. I gave it three and a half out of five. That's right. I gave a Hogan match higher than a two. I'm not going to hate on Liz being back. I grew up as a savage mark, and of course I mark out for Liz. But, like, back in the 80s, she dressed like a lady. She's back now. She's got fake boobs falling out of her dress every five seconds. It's it's like, listen, I'm not complaining. It's just, it's like if your mom comes to your wedding with her new tits hanging out. Can't she? Sure. Should she? Mom. Come on. We get it. Yes, the implants look lovely. Fuck sakes. Where's dad? Oh, that's right. Liz is taking Hooger Dick, Luger Dick right now. Doesn't growing up suck? All right, Bischoff clips that Flair's got the biggest ego of anyone he knows. Really? In that ring? Yeah, Flair's the one with the ego with him and Hogan in the ring. Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure, yeah. Still, it was surprisingly good match for Hogan who sold Flair's knee work. The production team didn't even once need to pipe in Hogan chants over the PA system. He legit got pops. Good for you, Hogan. The only problem here was that Flair was really out of shape, and the tanning can only cover up so much. The go-home here was that Hart got up on the ring apron, grabbed the ref, Hogan waffles him, Anderson comes running down to the ring with a foreign object, of course the little tape wrapped around the fist thing, Hogan blocks it, waffles him, Hart and Anderson molest Liz a little, get her high heel off, Anderson passes it to Flair, who nails Hogan in the face with it. And then he gets a pinfall victory, even though Hogan's legs are hanging off the side of the ring. Post-match, Savage runs out to hand Hogan a blade to cover him and cover him up with uh, Liz, while Hogan tries to blade his eyebrow to sell the eye injury really poorly. This, boys and girls, is why you don't try to get color post-match. 
it very rarely works properly because you need to actually get blood pulp into the area and post-match your heart rate is starting to go down again. Still, pretty good match, all things considered. After this, we had a commercial break with a WCW Saturday Night promo. Afterwards, we get the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, defeating the Faces of Fear. Now listen, the Road Warriors' actual first match back on Nitro, the Faces of Fear first match, we talked about this last week, the Faces of Fear, the Warriors gone, or sorry, the Warlord's gone, because, you know, he's injured. He's not retired yet, but he's injured. And Barbarian needs a tag partner, so obviously it's time to put two foreigners together and make them a heel tag team. Oh, the 90s really were a different time. Now. Thank you. Now, uh, Bischoff Cups at WCW is the highest rated wrestling show on Monday night last week, which of course it wasn't. The week before, when it got that huge win, that would have been true. But this week it dropped down and lost to Raw's ratings and i mean facts are interchangeable with marketing folks so we're just gonna let that one slide i guess get a commercial break here with a super Bowl promo uh when we're back from break legion of doom chance bring us back to the live show a couple of collar and elbow tie-ups between the barbarian and animal to build some crowd tension barbarian starts working over animal and when animal gets back into it he gets a huge pop Hawk no sells a pile driver from Ming to another huge pop. Ming and Barbarian bail from the ring for some heat. Animal and Barbarian come back and botch, so they do it again. Most of the fans who email and message me missed it entirely, so well done on the recovery there, lads. Bischoff botches, calling a pile driver a DDT, then sort of stammers his way through a quick recovery. Then we get a 1-800-collect post-match wrap-up, with uh, no Road Warrior music, by the way. Uh... For the match goes, amazing crowd psychology from both teams. Seriously. Um, they put in an old-school wrestling clinic here. The ref in this match is excellent. He mostly stays off-camera and helps the teams talk to one another. This is the first time Nitro crowds are seeing the faces of fear, but having them in a match with the Road Warriors really puts them over as a huge heel team and helps build up the tag division, which, let's be honest, WCW really needs to do, and especially needs to do if they intend to transition to a two-hour format. I gave this match four out of five. Seriously, it was really good. Now, after this, we get a Gene Sullivan humorous in-ring promo. Sullivan shoots on Anderson. Anderson and Pillman come down to the ring. Anderson shoots on Pillman being a proper four horseman and is going to give him a spanking, apparently. What? I, I, whatever. Anyways, uh, Sullivan and Morris waffle down Anderson, take the belt, start whipping everybody in sight, Sullivan. And then, uh, you know, after they lay in Anderson a little bit, Sullivan looks over to see Pillman hiding at ringside, goes over and lays into him a little bit. Inside the ring, though, Anderson DDCs Morris out cold and then goes ahead and chases off Sullivan. Gene's back in the ring, and Anderson challenges Sullivan and Morris to a match next week. Pillman got those straps the hard way, by the way. Those are really big welts on his back. After this, we get a Super Brawl 6 promo during the commercial break, and coming back, we get Sister Sherry... Defeating Medusa in 1 minute 48 seconds. Um. Look. I. I. Jesus. I. Here's the thing. So if you've listened to the show in the past and you heard me doing recaps of Raws and different things like that, pay-per-views, you'll know that I'm a fan of wrestling in all shapes and sizes, including women's wrestling. I enjoy it. I just want to see some wrestling. Cat fights are fine, but I can watch porn for free on the internet. I don't need to also get into my wrestling. So here's the thing. This is still the mid-90s when women's wrestling was largely treated like a cat fight, which at the time, 
was fine. I'm not really sure the crowd was ready for women's wrestling. I think that there was a bit of a resurgence maybe in the early 80s uh, with Wendy Richter and everything. But, like, nowadays it's mostly just down to catfights. And I'm not going to throw Paulie under the bus here. It's not his fault that it was all about catfights. Everyone was doing the fucking catfight gimmick. But here you've got two actual women wrestlers who made their bones in the AWA. So you're expecting at least a decent program out of this. I mean, I was expecting a decent program out of this, and I'm watching this again. Now, this all kicks off with a pre-match promo from Gene in the ring, recapping the failed Sherry Colonel Parker wedding from The Clash, where Medusa attacked Sherry. I'm not quite sure how loaded Colonel Parker is to have these two broads fighting over him, but the fans were sure into it. So again, we're back to the catfight shit. Now, Medusa's favoring the yes kicks in this match. If you go and watch it, you'll see exactly what I mean. Uh, she kept going back to the well for them, though. I mean, a lot more than even Daniel Bryan does. And a lot more than The Miz does as a shoot. Now, Sherry gets a quick pin roll-up. I'm not really sure if this was planned or not because Medusa went fucking rogue. She accidentally, on purpose, German suplexes Sherry on the back of her fucking head and knocks her willy. Now, that would have been enough. Like, if this was a guy and you got a quick count, the fucking German afterwards on the back of your fucking head, that would have been enough to remind the other guy that you're not to be fucked around with. But, no, 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 we got to go with Medusa here, and we can't just do the fucking hard way German, now we've got to keep going after that. She straight up slaps the shit out of Sherry's mouth, and then starts slamming the fucking back of her head into the mat. Now, there's a worked way to slam somebody's head into the mat. Like, the hair even with men, on the side of your head and the back, if you grab it in big fistfuls, you can grab it and you can really, you know, launch it around. And yeah, it hurts a little bit, but it doesn't hurt as much as like grabbing one or two. But there's a nice way and a not nice way to work, hit somebody with this fucking move. And Medusa, like, she grabbed a hold of her hair and and threw her head into the mat. Like, she wasn't even... If she was grabbing her head and just wrenching it back and forth, making it look like she's hitting the mat... I don't know why I'm doing the hand motions. I'm on the radio. But anyways, you would probably not get a whole lot of impact even if you got an accidental contact with the mat at some point. But this was different, man. She grabbed a hold of her hair and she shoved her fucking back of her head down on the mat. Not once, not twice, but like a fucking 20 times. And the ref couldn't stop her. Which is hilarious, by the way, because... The ref looks like he's got a couple pounds on her. He could have probably stopped her. But I don't think he knew whether this was a work or a shoot. And knowing Eric, it probably didn't matter. Because shoot fighting makes for good matches in his retarded eyes. Now, Sherry legit got hurt, by the way. Um, the announce team threw back to it once or twice. But mostly they were selling the Hogan Blade job. Sherry legit got knocked unconscious. Like... Legit got sent to the hospital, went through the concussion protocol and had to take three weeks off. All right. So yeah, it's a little, little fucky. Anyways, a little bit of backstory here. Now these ladies legit hate each other from back in the AWA days. Now in 1987, there was a 16 minute match for the women's title that broke into a shoot match more than a few times. Sherry was the champ and Medusa was the young baby face in need of a push. Now, Sherry flat out refused to drop the title to her. Again, pretty normal for wrestling. And Medusa blamed her for the rest of her fucking career, well, at least until the 2000s, for the glass ceiling that she felt like she was trapped under. In reality, Medusa, in the 90s, was a colossal pain in the ass to work with. 
Now she seems like a relatively nice old lady. But back then, she was a fucking nightmare. She was by far the most athletic and believable women's wrestlers in the AWA, WCW, and one of the best women wrestlers the WWF ever had. But she never got a legit title run because she was such a pain in the fucking ass backstage. And let's be honest, ladies wrestling really wasn't taken all that serious in the WWF or WCW. And of course, Eric being Eric, he quickly booked them into a program together even though he still had access to both the New Japan and AAA women's locker rooms because real life heat translates into great in-ring heat, right? This is another example of how fucking wrong and stupid he was about wrestling. Now, like I said, Sherry received a concussion from this match, and they wouldn't wrestle each other on television again until the year 2000, and those were mostly catfight matches, which, again, were super over at the time. All right, after this, The Giant defeats Randy Savage with Deborah McMichael, Linda Hogan, Miss Elizabeth, and Woman at his ringside by DQ in a WCW World Heavyweight Championship match in 28 seconds. Now, I say this is a match because in the official record books, it's listed as being a 28-second match. But if you go back and watch it on the network, or even watch it on YouTube, you'll see that the bell never actually rang for the start of the match. It just rang to end the match. There was no fucking match. As a match, this gets 0 out of 5. As a promo, it gets three and a half out of five, all right? Because that's a fucking fantastic promo. Match, not so much. Now, there's no Sullivan or any dungeon member that came up with a giant, and he's using their entrance music. Savage doesn't come down the ramp, but comes through the crowd and waffles giant with the belt a few times, and then climbs on his back and wraps up his arms in a sleeper while the ref calls for the end of the match. Like I said, even though the match never actually started. Flair comes down to ringside in a t-shirt from the Gold's Gym that he owns and pulls Savage out of the ring and works over Savage. Giant then suplexes Savage into the ring while Flair punches out the ref. (laughs) Giant destroys Savage for a while before Hogan comes out with his eye all wrapped up, you know, Kung Fu Pirate style. Hogan gets a legit pop, uh, then a few more as he drives a chair through Giant's head and knocks him over the top rope. Then he waffles Hugh Morris, Ming, Sullivan, no barbarian for some reason, and Zodiac holds Giant back with all that goofy hurt, no gimmick, Again, another payday for the beefer, and he gets a spot in. I wonder who's booking this. Oh, right, Eric and Hogan. Well, choose your friends wisely, boys and girls. Choose your friends wisely. Now, post-match, again, I'm doing air quotes. I'm on the fucking radio. God, I thought you used to think I was okay at this. Flair invades the commentary position with the giant and heart. The announced team bails, leaving Flair and Brain to promote Super Brawl as the show fades to black. Now, Bischoff claims tonight was a sellout crowd, and the venue holds 5,200 people, so I really don't have much reason to doubt him. It would be nice to know how many actually paid to be there, though, because there's no stats for it. It's Ohio, which is a big wrestling state, and WCW rarely has trouble finding or filling arenas here. So, I mean, I'm going to guess between 3,500 and 4,000 actually paid. We just don't know. This week's Nitro won the ratings war. That isn't a war yet. 2.8 to Raw is 2.4. Overall, I gave the show itself 3.5 out of 5. The Sherry Medusa match was brutal shoot, and the main event wasn't an actual match. But, you know, the heat builds towards Super Brawl, so that's great. Well, that was an abortion of a show. Should the mood take you, check out MarkOutRadio.com and leave a comment. You can also find links there to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Stitcher channels. You can even leave a voicemail on our Skype. Just click the links and share them. 